previously on Box Cutters. We actually saw the fellow that made Doctor Who. We got into a queue to meet yes, him. Yes, yes, in, in Austin. In Austin, we, uh, we got into a queue to meet Stephen Moffat. Uh, and, uh, and, and his lovely wife, former commissioning editor of uh, Drama for BBC. Sue Virtue. Thank you. Uh, and, uh, and then we realised that the queue was about two hours long. In a nightclub. Yeah. It was bizarre. And then we left and went to a different bar. Hello and welcome to Box Cutters episode 319. Relax! Relax! My name is Josh Canal. To my left, Glenn Peters. Hello. To my right, Brett Cropley. Good evening, viewers. And then far left, I don't know if you've, uh, if you've seen, not far lap, that was a horse, far left in the studio. We've got the wide angle lens on for the video Slow podcast. video podcast. Joel Rembach is our uh, very special guest donor. Hello, everybody. Thank you. Thank you for coming in. Thank you for having me. Uh, thank you also for for donating. That's uh, extraordinarily generous. And uh, we got to uh, go to Austin and tell them exactly how Australians do things. Uh, the question that we've been asking all of our guest donors. Uh, is why do you love box cutters so much? No, no, no. How do you I've watch got TV? An answer for that as well. oh, really? Yes. Really? Is it? It's because of bread. No, no, no. Look, I'll, I'll just rattle off. Oh, no, no, no. Let's, let's have no misunderstanding let's, about that. It's not bread. God, it's not bread. It's, it, it's the collective. Uh, I'll just rattle off a few. It's the Borg, the Borg of box cutters. Names of shows. Yes. Uh, Life on Mars, Ashes to Ashes, The Wire, Trimé, Dexter, Game of Thrones, ironically. Boardwalk Empire, Bazura, Outland. Without listening to box cutters, I would have not probably stumbled across half of those shows. So, um, you know, I think that it's in, it's listening to box cutters has actually improved my quality of life. Strangely, all the ones I've liked, Josh. <laughs> yeah, because you like everything, Brett. No. And how do you watch TV? How, how, how have you found those shows? Yeah, so uh, I'm, I'm probably a little bit different to a lot of the people that you've had on the on the podcast talking mm-hmm. about this is that married with two young kids we've got a very regimented and structured life so i watch a lot of free to air television mm-hmm. you know so mondays so as today we'd be sitting in front of abc one way to go because I've, I've got an interest in documentary making and so the all the short form documentary making australian story you know, four corners and whatever, and mm-hmm. then get on to uh, Q&A and get on to Twitter at the same time and go through the back channel there. Have you got a tweet on screen? I've never had a tweet on screen, no. I have. <laughs> <laughs> Did you stop watching Q&A at that point, Glenn? Yes. What, yeah, once you got a tweet on screen, you just got, well, that's it. Now I've won Q&A, so I'm just going to stop. I've clocked it. So you, you're, a, you're a channel sticker as well, Indeed. Joel. So Indeed. Uh, do you get over to the commercial channels much? Not much, only for special events. Uh, so how's that? Mm-hmm. We, we watched that and we watched um, uh, Sherlock Holmes when it was on. Yeah, I've got Foxtel at home as well, so yep. we'll watch. But I mainly, almost exclusively, watch sport on Foxtel. Right. Uh, so the AFL channel and the EPL. And, uh, I mean, the Olympics was amazing on Foxtel. How, how, good, was, yeah. how good was that? And with the iPad app. Um, you know, we watching was, it at work. We, we, we no, we were sitting in 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 bed watching all eight channels at the same time, and then you know having the highlight on the TV. So it was um you know so we had Channel Nine on the TV and the eight Foxtel channels oh. in bed. So we had nine Olympic channels. So wow, you know, quite incredible. Um, now that's interesting that you say that you have Foxtel, but you mostly watch the free to wear. I know when I've had Foxtel, I gravitate towards the free to wear too. Do you, can you work that out? Because a lot of people won't admit to that, but yeah, so, you say it. Yeah, so, you know, most of our watching is, because the young kids and whatever, is, is late at night, and Foxtel's downstairs, and Frida Air's upstairs. So ah, right. That's where it works. Um, but I've got, um, I mean, I watch a lot of content on my iPad. I've got um, iView, BBC iPlayer, the new SBS On Demand, which is fantastic. Uh, the, and I've got a US iTunes account, so so you get to buy stuff from. So the, I get to buy stuff. I, I don't download a lot, um, you know, very rarely, do I, because I, 
I think with those options, I feel as though I've, I'm catered for and I'm happy to pay for content. Coming up in this episode of Box Cutters, we are going to talk about uh, a UK TV thing, which is uh, Channel 4's Funny Fortnite. Yes, not Forest Fortnite. Not, for, not Forest Fortnite? It's Funny Fortnite. Channel, Channel 4. Channel 4. Funny Fortnite on Channel 4. Uh, we're going uh, to have a little chat uh, about the newsroom. Because uh, it's been a few weeks since we talked about the newsroom. It's oh, come yeah. up in the news again, mm-hmm. uh, and I, I think it's worth talking about. So we're going to do that. Uh, we've got one thing. We've got some pork, as always, though. We're going to kick things off with the Box Cutters News. I was going to end with this, but I can't. I can't. It, it's got. It, it has to go up front. They're going to make a Beverly Hills Cop TV series. Why? Is Eddie Murphy signed on? Brett, you... Uh, do you Judge want to, Reinhold signed on. Brett, do you want to talk to us about... Uh, that's all, all I'm going to say is that, and then... Is there any point? Can, like, you know, Channel 9 have, have stuck Dallas back on one of their side stream channels. Uh, nobody's watching these old shows. The kids aren't, the kids aren't interested. They don't, they don't have that same fondness for, for this stuff that was up in the 80s. And, well, and I think, really, uh, it, it, I think it, was, it was a different time and place in the 80s, and, and that was why it worked back then. It's, it, these, these redos aren't going to work here. I think the US station CBS would argue with you, Brett. I think they would say, if, if you would say, is there any uh, option? Is there any interest here? They would say the heat is on. Well done. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, great joke. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks. thanks. Uh, Brett, tell us, tell us about uh, this speculation headline that you've uh, thrown into the news. Yes, uh, Josh, the, <laughs> the Logies are in danger. <laughs> the Logies, Josh. The Logies. This, this just... So, just, just for the listener, this is, I think, probably the most xenophobic thing <laughs> that has ever been written on a box cutter's sheet. On a box cutter's running sheet. New German owners of ACP, Bauer Media Group, may axe Logie Awards. Yes. <laughs> they want to they kill our TV. They took our Logies. <laughs> Why? Who's saying this? Who outside of uh, John Michael Hausen is saying this? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Bauer Media Group from Germany uh, bought ACP, which is Australian Consolidated Press, from uh, the owners of Nine. It was... Uh, yeah. All of that is a big group. Um, and so... That includes Women's Weekly, Women's Day, and a TV bunch of other Week. titles, and TV Week. Um, and so, obviously, uh, the Germans aren't coming in to buy our, our media organs for the fun of it, or nor for the uh, the tradition, the the tradition back to the fifties that uh, we may have with a, a one certain uh, TV awards night. Uh, but uh, they may decide. Uh, that it's just not worth yeah, but, but the cost. Like, may decide. That's like saying... that. That's uh, So, there's one of those newsagent huts across the road from uh, from where I work. Mm-hmm. And so I get to see all the all the newsagent... Uh, all the, uh, the, the magazine uh, spreads that they have in those little metal cages that say, uh, Tom Cruise and, and Katie Holmes to get back together. And then you would op- you buy that magazine to find out about Tom Cruise and Katie Holmes getting back together. And it would say, sources close to Suri said... <laughs> And and there's no sources and there's nothing justified. Who has said that uh, that Bauer is gonna is gonna axe the Logies? A Bauer spokeswoman told the Daily Telegraph that the company could not guarantee the future of anything in their business. Right, but there's a contract in place that is there's a Logie there's just this little thing called a Logies contract where it has to be for about something like ten years. Did I read that somewhere? Did you? Possibly. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know. Don't ask me. I'm not in know. your eyes. Someone tweeted it. I'm not, someone tweeted it. it someone must be tweeted. True. I'm potentially that could just shut down TV Week and then TV Week won't be, be a thing that's able TV to, Week's to not sponsor. A thing. Uh, <laughs> it's, a, it's a magazine. No, it's, it's not. not. It's a form that people fill out once a year. <laughs> That's where you get all your your pop star posters. Now, I don't think if people were saying that, is it Bayer, Bauer? Bauer. Bauer. Like Jack. uh, They've got so much money to spare. The Logies is just like, you know, just a little part. It's a Melbourne Cup party to them. They don't care. They'll put the money in. Move on. Nothing to see here. Yeah. uh, So, this really just sounds like the biggest beat up ever, Brett. 
It's just, it's xenophobia gone mad. We'll, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. <laughs> You're such a xenophobe apologist. Can we talk about Oztam? Yes. So Oztam announced last week that they uh, extended, uh, it extended its contract with Nielsen. Nielsen will supply, wait, uh, and apparently has been supplying, a television audience measurement to Oztam. But Nielsen aren't the ratings organisation that, that put out the TV ratings. No, so Oztam puts out the ratings, but they outsource the rating to Nielsen. So Nielsen collect all the data, give the data, do, do they do the breakdowns and all of that that they then give to This Oztam is why and, I think it's a job for, uh, for investigative journalist Lucy Battersby. Who is, I, I, I believe, the Tintin of our generation. Yes. Um, I think she is, um, and she loves regulatory bodies. So um, she will be able to get to the bottom of this. Mm, mm. It, it sounds like a, a, a long, in-depth investigation is in order. Mess! Stop, it. stop it. I can't stop. I can't stop giggling. <laughs> regulatory bodies, bottom and in-depth. <laughs> Update. Oops. <laughs> It's so fun to be 12. So, in this, uh, in this media release that was reprinted in Mumbrella, thanks mm. Mumbrella, uh, the, uh, Oztam says that uh, they are increasing the number of uh, homes that will be monitored from 3,035 Australia-wide to 3,500. That shouldn't make so a difference. 465 extra boxes going out there. Correct. The, uh, you're right. Household. It shouldn't... It shouldn't make a difference, uh, but they are also adding 10% of their users will have their computers monitored for broadcasts watched on computers. Now, this is what I don't understand, because broadcasting watched on computer is still coming via an antenna, so it's still, it's still antenna me- measurements. That's, that's so, broadcasting so, as opposed to narrow casting. As yeah, opposed as opposed to, to multicasting. Josh, I, I think you might be imagining a, a lot more automated process than is actually the case with these people meters. As as I understand it, the people meters bring up a little pop up box over the screen every fifteen minutes to check who's actually in the room watching the show at the time. How does the box know? How does the pop up box know? Is it like because an it's Xbox been 15 Connect? Since it last, because you uh, could do this, you could do this with Xbox Connect really easily. Because Xbox Connect can recognise faces; it knows when somebody's come into the room. So we could just do that measurement automatically. If and you it want, just be, Microsoft users. So does it? When, it wouldn't be creepy and spy worthy at all. No. <laughs> so when when you're watching um, like an SBS film with your parents, does it tell who's got a pillow over their lap? <laughs> Oh, Brett. Uh, Speaking of SBS, yes. um, they, they for a long time have had uh, a, a tradition of Friday night, 10pm, uh, sex shows, yes. whether it be documentaries or um, kind of sexy movies, and just before they get into the soccer, which is why you have sex before soccer on SBS. Now, it turns out that the controller of ABC2, Stuart Menzies, has decided he likes that idea and he's going to rip it off. ABC2 will be dedicating its Friday night schedule to adults-only content, featuring a series of documentaries and films dedicated to sex. Talk about people that don't have any new ideas. Right. So, um, so that's, that's really your whole, your whole story there is they're going to have sexy shows on Friday nights. I can add value to this. Because, oh, oh, please. Yes. Please, because, because it, it's, it needs some value. Yesterday, uh, Will Anderson got onto this and started a Twitter storm. <gasps> um, it was a hashtag of sexy ABC shows. Uh, yes. And one of them was, I'll, I'll read a few to you. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Are we now becoming that show that reads out tweets? Yeah, 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 yeah. But I'm the video podcast has them running along the bottom. Look, I just like one by Tony Martin, the Fillet Show. (laughs) (laughs) That that is good. Um, Bravo. I I came up with um, Backshat and something with Countdown. I got rid of an O somewhere. (laughs) <laughs> Let's go. Count the counting. And beachcombers. Optus has been instructed to shut down its, uh, its web-based TV recording service after, uh, after it uh, was refused an appeal at the High Court. So TV Now, which we've talked about a lot on Box Cutters, uh, and with Lucy Battersby, who uh, wrote this article for Sydney Morning Herald. 
so t- TV now is is no more. Optus has had to shut it down. Within I think minutes, Foxtel tweets: "We are the only place where you can see live football on your mobile phone." Within minutes, mm-hmm. it's like they had this tweet just waiting to go out, just waiting, just to stick that boot into Optus. It's a big win for him, but- forcing people to pay to be able to see grassroots footy. No, <laughs> we had this. We had this party. <laughs> grassroots footy. Look, uh, you want to see, see grassroots footy? You want to see grassroots? Footy? I'd Go finished. To I'd finished. <laughs> and that is the box cutters news. John Laws is a tremendous lover. Some say the best there's ever been. And now we know his secret. He uses a double valvoline. Yes, a little on the nad sack, a splash upon the stalk. The man with the velvet tonsils leaves you unable to walk. So spectacular is his entry. He's been known to nudge your spleen, and all because he uses a little double valvoline. Know what I mean? You know what I mean. Craig McLaughlin, box cutters. Say no more. Have you not heard that one, Glenn? <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> he just he just did that. He just did that just off the top of his head. Like all of this stuff is going around Craig McLaughlin's head. Joel has a comment. I thought that the two Craig McLaughlin interviews you did was mm-hmm. the best thing that I've ever heard on box cutters. Wow. It was wow, pretty so that's, awesome. That's really been like two, two and a half years of just bitter disappointment for you <laughs> since then, hasn't it, Joel? Oh, he, just was, he was amazing. Every just every so week, just I hope this one is as good as Craig McLaughlin. I hope this. I hope this, and it's and then just not. Then just it just and and every bitter so tears every every, every episode. This is my imagination now, but every episode, Joel's like, oh, "There's a new box cutters episode. Excellent. I hope it's as good as the Craig McLaughlin one." <laughs> and he listens to it, and then after, like his shoulders are just all sunken, and he's facing. It's like the uh, Top Gear. At least I've got my kids. Fastest lap board. That's, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks. No, really. Thanks for coming, Glenn Peters. <laughs> Hello. Hi. So, you're you're a big fan of the uh, of of English television or British television? What what do they call it? United Kingdomish television? I think it's United UKish. UKish. UKish TV. There's not much that comes comes out of Northern Ireland. Uh, no. So, so it's British in the main. No, there is a really good sketch show at the moment, and I can't remember what it's called. Burniston, which is really, really good ah. from Northern Ireland. It's really ridiculous. I just, I, I just spoke to my friend today about yeah. uh, getting some copies of that. So, oh. Brett, you're wrong. <laughs> and that's in Northern Ireland. Is yeah, that the yeah. whole? Is that the whole segment? That's pretty much it. Yeah. <laughs> this has been Glenn Peters with Brett. You're wrong. <laughs> so, so you're you're a big you're a big fan of the UKish TV. Yes, uh, and and particularly the the uh, the British comedies. Uh, you you do love the British comedies. Ah, uh, yeah, I adore them. Yeah, the, they they make. Well, it's all from my obsession with uh, Vic Reeves and Bob Mortimer, and then everything stems from there. So, yes, I do love the British comedy. A couple of weeks ago, you said, oh, when I'm on next, can we cover... Uh, you said it in that weird, creepy yeah. voice. Yeah. Oh, when I'm on next, can we uh, can we cover the uh, Channel 4 funny fortnight? Yeah. Yeah, I did. <laughs> so what happened? Uh, the two there was two weeks between the uh, the able bodied Olympics and the Paralympics, mm-hmm. and between so Channel Four needed something to launch their Paralympics to put advertising on to make sure everyone was going to go on there. Yep. Other than their fantastic ads, great ads, incredible ads that could have made the games. Those ads were that good. Mm. So what they did was they celebrated their history of comedy with Funny Fortnight. Now this is, it's a completely new way to box a bunch of shows. They showed highlights of all their old comedy shows, mm-hmm. like best episodes, and then launched a bunch of pilots. Now, are, are these are these are pilots that may or may not actually go to go to series. Some could go to series on the strength or the weakness of the Fortnite. So it was quite important for some of these shows. Right. So, so this, this is a huge this is a huge launch, and they're supporting it by putting up some of their uh, best and uh, maybe uh, best uh, thought of comedies as well so people people you know come for the uh come for the the vic and bob classics stay for the new stuff correct um and some really risky stuff from from the past um there's a chris morris show called jam you've mm-hmm. seen jam before? i've seen i've seen jam very dark very clever comedy so is that before brass eye or after it before uh, it was before 
Um, and they showed an episode of Brass Eye. They showed an episode of Brass Eye that was banned. The pedophilia one? Yeah. Um, and they showed... That is, that is genius. An episode, episode of Jam, which was pretty much close to banned, or some of it didn't go to air originally in its first form. And I like the idea that they've done this, because ABC have their Funny Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Uh, great idea. Well, they, they did before they put Rambling on. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, still Correct. what what week what week of Randling are we in? Uh, forty nine, week forty nine. I think it's week nineteen of thirty eight. <sighs> Seriously, uh, yes, it is really thirty eight. Now, uh, who signed that contract? It's like the worst contract ever. That's, I mean, not for Andrew Denton. He's, he's loving it. So. Marvels. Anyway, back to Channel Four. Channel so, 4. I'd like to see a television station uh, steal this idea themselves. Yeah. Yeah, well, uh, Andrew Denton uh, is... No, I can't say that the... Uh, so, Channel 4, putting all this comedy on, what's... So, you watched some of the pilots? I watched some of the pilots. Now, of course, uh, Vic Reeves and Bob Mortimer, they they were sacked from oh, perhaps BBC Nine or something for their shooting star show was axed about four or five months ago. Mm-hmm. So they went for a one-off thing called Vic and Bob's Lucky Sexy Winners, which was shooting stars again, um, but with only three contestants. Can you can you set up uh, both Vic Reeves and Bob Mortimer and shooting stars for for the listeners? Because a, a lot of them might only know uh, Vic Vic Reeves from uh, from that song with the Wonder Stuff. Dizzy. So Vic and Bob, they're they're. They're comedians. They're absurdist comedians, like completely surreal. Uh, They had a show called Shooting Stars, which was one of the first panel comedy game shows. Mm -hmm. Perhaps the first, other than the uh, BBC Four radio shows. They had a panel uh, comedy show. So it would be six contestants, three on each side, and one standard contestant who would be there every week. And Matt Lucas as the scorekeeper. Mm-hmm. George Dawes. George Dawes. What's the score? George, George Dawes. We met him. We met Matt Lucas yeah. thanks to uh, thanks to Joel. Softest hands I've ever touched. Really soft hands. Um, Scarily soft. So they'd have this game show, but the questions and the answers are from Vic and Bob's imagination. Oh. So there is nothing... There is no way you could possibly know. It's impossible to know what the answers were. And then that would be interspersed with ridiculous sketches of surrealism. And the thing was, uh, it's an acquired taste there. (laughs) You could say it's an acquired taste there, (laughs) comedy. Um, But all the people that would come on as guests, like Jarvis Cocker, there's a gorgeous episode where he is just... Laughing along, everybody is in on the joke. Um, so, lucky, sexy winners was much of the same thing with mm-hmm. only three three contestants, and just as funny, the same stuff. And uh, you, you, so uh, you pointed me to to some of this stuff. I uh, bad sugar was uh, was uh, one that took my fancy. To say. This is uh, Peter, Peter Serafino. Serafinowix mm-hmm. and Julia Davis, the lady from Nighty Night. And uh, uh, Reese Shearsmith. Uh, is she also... She's, she's also uh, done a show called Dead Boss. Yes. Which is really good. And she did also a buddy show, like a Thelma and Louise, where they were really vile, these sisters. I can't remember. Oh. It was the saddest, most awful thing I've seen. But Bad Sugar was written by the guys who wrote Peep Show. Right. Which I don't like. You don't, don't like? You? It's, have you... I thought you did. We, oh, I, thought you'd, <laughs> I thought you'd like their use of first-person camera shots. No, and... you're clearly confusing me with you again because <laughs> you like Ross. everything. Might have been that logo. Ross, Ross did like Peep Show. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't like Peep Show. I like the sketch show that they do, but I didn't like uh, Peep Show. Um, Bad Sugar was about a marriage of a rich family and some crazy stuff that happens with who's inheriting who if father dies. Or so something. it was yeah. like an imaginary Alan Sugar type family. Yes, yeah, and uh, it was just crazy. It's crazy, but really funny. Pretty, pretty good jokes. Yeah, really funny jokes. Pretty good jokes. Sorry, go on. And that started with something that threw you off, Josh, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, it did. It did because it started with a previously on uh, on Bad Sugar, and 
and it, episode one. It, it was episode one, but the previously was so well done that it really seemed like there was a previous episode. Uh, and I... Uh, and I, I usually don't watch the coming up or next week on, uh, but I kind of thought that maybe the previously was a joke, and that it was just really well set up, like set up the the, the plot really really cleverly. Uh, and so I started watching the the next week on because it seemed at the start like oh this is all just a joke, and then it started to seem too real. And so then I just switched it off. I went, oh, no, I don't want to see if there's going to be another episode. Because I don't know. I don't know if there's going to be another episode. I don't know if that is going to be included. I don't want spoilers. Nobody knows if there's going to be another episode of Bad Sugar. Yeah. That's uh, it's, so is uh, Touch of Cloth the same in that same group? No, Touch of Cloth came from Sky. And was that – is that just a two-parter? That's a yeah. two-parter for Sky. But pretty much everybody that worked on Touch of Cloth – appear in this funny fortnight. They're pretty much all Channel 4 mainstays. So it's Charlie Brooker is... A lot of his stuff has turned up on Channel 4, and the co-writer, who I can't remember, is Harry Hill's writer, and Harry Hill is a Channel 4 mainstay. Um, And Charlie Brooker also wrote uh, sketches for another show in this thing. So Touch of Cloth is the Clayton's... uh, the Channel 4 show you're having when you're not having a Channel 4 yeah. show. It's, it's pretty good. If anyone out there hasn't seen it, I, I highly recommend uh, get, getting it. It's, mm. th- there were moments where I just could not stop laughing. Tell us about the, uh, the YouTube channel. Uh, there's a YouTube channel. So you look up Funny Fortnight and there's actors and writers fr- um, from all these shows doing a coffee and cigarettes sort of thing. So it'll be... People paired off. The one, uh, Noel Fielding and Vic Reeves doing a skit together, which is hilarious. Yeah. the Because uh, c- Vic, Vic Reeves starts it just by pulling out, just just pulls out a, a, um, a, a slide trombone. And, and Noel just starts laughing. And uh, it's just, it's so much, it's so much fun to watch. Uh, because... Uh, if anyone's seen comedians just talk to each other, there's there's a a kind of combination of reverence and one-upmanship that it's that goes incredible. on where they but they both try to find like the heart of a joke, and it is just it's amazing. So you can all look at that uh, legally on the YouTube. On the YouTube, there'll be uh, we'll, we'll put we'll put it up on this episode. If you go to boxcutters.net slash episode three one nine, and you'll be able to see it there. Uh, and there's a couple of other shows I'd like to mention: Toast of London, which is uh, Matt Berry is Stephen Toast as an actor going from job to job. Now, Matt Berry was the second boss in the IT crowd. Mm -hmm. So, uh, everybody look out for Toast of London because Matt Berry, this half hour of him as an actor going from job to job, he is a genius. I think it's just I've watched it three times. I can't get enough of it. The timing, the jokes are ridiculous. And another show uh, called Just Around the Corner by the guys who wrote Outnumbered. And they wrote "Drop the Dead Donkey." It's re- I really liked I, I really this, so this is a uh, a post global warming uh, England uh, where the the sea levels have have risen and the Dutch are the new uh, hated are, are the new hated foreigners because uh, of course all all their land is underwater the cloggies uh, and it's <laughs> so it's it's kind of it's kind of a piss take on the old racist. Uh, like late seventies, love thy neighbor things, uh, but at the same time, it's also it kind of just cuts as a little bit racist as well. It's hard to it's hard to know w- when it's right and when it's not right, but it's it's pretty clever. And it's a, yeah, somebody wrote uh, it was Mad Max meets the Good Life, which I thought was right on it. Um, where currency is AAA batteries. Um, it's it's and the old guy, I don't know where he's from, but he's hilarious. There's a grandfather in this show who's just ridiculously funny um i i liked uh just around the corner and i hope they keep making that show it's probably only got one joke but gee it's a good joke yeah yeah i didn't i didn't think much of 
I, I don't think much of the uh, Toast of London. You didn't like it? No, I thought it was. I thought it was okay, but it needed. It, it probably needed about fifty thousand more pounds. Yeah, put into it. <laughs> it just it just looked a little bit slapshot. Yeah, I just like Matt Berry. He just he just looks at me and I'm just laughing and I'm hitting stuff. And there's a scene he's in a studio and he has to record for an ad. He has to just say the word yes. And the hipster people, in hipster copywriters and directors in the studio saying, uh, once more with feeling, yes. Once more, uh, what about without the script? Yes. And then they just keep on doing this for about five minutes and... I've been in that studio and I've seen this happen and it's, it's exactly like how it goes and it's it's quite funny and it's over the top. So it's uh, Channel 4's Funny Fortnight. Clearly uh, some of those shows may go on to, to be things. Some of them might not, uh, but you'll be able to watch them all if you go to, over to Glenn's house. Yeah. Hey, this is James Talia and you're listening to the spot where you can find out everything good, bad and otherwise on your box. It's the Box Cutters. So a, a really interesting thing happened uh, tr- during the week. Uh, Joe Paterno, who uh, was uh, one of the people involved in this uh, horrible case in, in the US uh, where uh, there was sexual assault uh, claims against uh, the coach of a, of a college uh, football team. Was one of the assistant coaches. Yeah, it's a, a horrible and, and he was the head coach there. And, uh, and he, uh, he passed away earlier in the year, uh, but his death was prematurely reported by CBS. Yes. Uh, where where CBS uh, declared him dead, I, I think it may have been days before he was actually dead. Mm. <laughs> he, was, uh, he was declared dead by CBS before, as Aaron Sorkin writes, a doctor declared him yes. dead. <laughs> uh the family of uh, of Joe Paterno thanked Aaron Sorkin uh, for the uh, for the the way that the newsroom dealt with the uh, Gabrielle Giffords case, which we talked about on on this show, uh, and uh, and thanked him and said, "Yes, that is how news should be." I wonder if it takes a real family like that. If if there is a combination of things where uh, where Aaron Sorkin has this aspirational TV show that that wants the world to be a certain way, and then real people, high profile people, people with a community, people who uh, can be related to by the general public, then reach out and say, "Yes, that is how." That is how this should be. What what would be the next step to bring news back to uh, to not jumping the gun to declare someone first, to to just be patient and wait for a doctor to actually declare them dead? Okay, I've got two of these, two really good examples because I went by during the newsroom episode quite controversy apparently, Mm, mm. uh, saying that I trust the journalists that I know to not jump the gun. Right. But since then, I've been proven wrong twice. Uh, And the most recent time, I was proven wrong today. So today, when when we're recording this, which is probably a week ago, when you're listening to it, uh, uh, was the the death of uh, the Port Adelaide player in uh, Las Vegas, John McCarthy. Correct. He was reported... uh, uh, dead early by one of the news uh, organisations. By the might have been the Herald Sun, but I'm not sure. I don't want to be sued here. Mm-hmm. But then the the club got back to the paper and they said it has not been reported to the family. Can you pull all all reference to this player's name? Um, could you pull it all off your website? And they did. Now. But in, in in a situation like that, like surely, the, sorry, go on. But the, yeah, but uh, and the other papers didn't. So if you looked for him throughout the internet, um, you could find nothing, except on Twitter, except on the other 
news organisations who aren't really news organisations. Those, you know, the half-ass blog types. Yeah, yeah, they the box all, cutters and the like. Yeah, all yeah. the all the people like us were reporting the player's name before the family knew. Right. Um. So, bang in the race to be first. And there was a Twitter account called Sports News First, which was the top uh, uh, answer in a search for the player's name was the first with the news. Well, well done, everybody. You're first with the news before a family knows. Well done. Great work. It's been expressed by police and everybody involved not to release a name until everyone knows about it. Second... uh, time I was proven wrong was three weeks ago when Lance Armstrong now this so this this was really this was really interesting I was I was following your following of the uh, of the Lance Armstrong case now Lance Armstrong uh, was found uh, guilty of doping by the American Cycling correct organization now that came out as an Associated Press article and it was reprinted everywhere. But in the article in the Associated Press uh, piece, which was reported everywhere, it says that he has not been stripped of his titles yet. That is up to the United uh, Cycling International or something, the cycling body and... FIFA. The, the FIFA of cycling and the private TV company that own the Tour de France. They right. are the two people who can strip his titles, not USDA. Yep. But... Everybody jumped the gun in Australia. Everybody said Lance Armstrong's jumped the t- uh, has been stripped of his titles on Seven. that day. Seven titles he's lost. Seven titles he's lost. One of the newspaper websites actually had photos from every of his seven titles and a big cross through each of the photos. <sighs> now, as we speak, about a month later, he still has not been stripped of his titles. Um, and and if you had have gone to his website, which which was what I went to to read the actual statement from him, he said that the USADA had no no jurisdiction to be able to take those titles off him. But the original case. article says that USADA don't. the The article that everybody was actually reprinting said um, said that he didn't. But nobody, everyone decided to put their own headlines on, and the headline differed. Um, and it was interesting that CNN, um, BBC, oh, Guardian, and I think another one of the American, the big organisations were very, very quick to say he has not been stripped of titles. So it was the big boys, the big ones that we get angry with, who were the ones who said, no, it hasn't happened yet. And they said, may have, may will. You know, they covered it with... Um, uh, sort of weasel words. Um, and I do know that journalists around Australia were having the fight inside the newsrooms about this story going to air the way it did. Right. So I was wrong, but there are journalists out there who want it right. The the, the thing I'm wondering is... Uh, what is it... What would it take... For, uh, for TV news to actually change. I mean, in, in this case, it's not just TV news now. I mean, TV news used to pride itself on, on being first because it was time-dependent, whereas, uh, uh, whereas newspapers had to wait until they were published. Uh, TV could always come out and, and actually be first with the news, radio, the, the same. And now, uh, now it's, it's uh, all news organisations, TV, radio, newspapers combined with social media that everybody's attached to so uh, so urgently people will look for who has the who has the coverage i i know personally when i see when i see reports uh on twitter of of something i i then go to the new york times and see is is it on the front page of the new york times have have they said that it is that it is a story yet but they were one of the papers that actually fell for the bad story during the Lance Armstrong piece. Did they? Yes. This is uh, it, it's a problem. Like, who, who can you trust now? Who can you trust? Because uh, you know, Aaron Sorkin uh, is is great with hindsight, uh, but 
But as far as TV news goes, I mean, TV news in Australia has just gone down the toilet completely, basically, since James Talia left. Yeah. Everything has just, every like all the other stations as well, just went, right, well, Talia's gone. We're just going to... Uh, Screw just, it. I don't watch TV news anymore. It's not worth it. They I gave up. Not ABC News. Joel Joel Rambach, our uh, our guest donor. Yeah, well, don't don't you think it's it's a consumer led thing though that you know that that they're only providing what the consumers want. No, no, no because the consumers don't actually uh, necessarily have the vocabulary to ask for for what they want, and and they might not even uh, like a lot of the time they don't know what they want until they're shown it either. Once, once uh, commercial TV news became just an opportunity for cross promotion, it was all over. It's uh, it's it's pretty sad. So no, I don't I don't think that that's I don't think that's the case. I believe that uh, people will watch something that is well made and interesting and interests them, and uh, and there are stories in the news that can still be of interest to. Uh, to the viewers, and that being first shouldn't be seen as uh, as the thing to strive for. Being right should be seen as the thing to strive for. That's uh, that's that's how I feel personally. Uh, one of the things that I'm noticing with TV news uh, in in particular uh, is, is that uh, none of it really matters anymore. The numbers are, are getting lower. For uh, for TV news, for TV watching in general, uh, but the the money isn't there for the advertising. Channel Ten uh, had a great opportunity; they could have been a really good news station. And they'd gone there, and then Murdoch and Packer came in and changed everything. Yes, uh, we we spoke about this in in last week's show. The uh, the opportunity that Channel 10 had to provide a wealth of news to their audience and give the audience an opportunity to actually choose the type of news that they want. Do they want the just straight news bulletin? Do they want the George Negus uh, talking at you? Or do they want the uh, the project, uh, let's try to make fun of the news or whatever it is that the project does now? They had that opportunity uh, and and they weren't willing to to stick with it. Viewers don't lead it. Viewers watch what they're given. Uh, and and I think we've seen enough to know that viewers will watch things that they don't like because it's easier than turning it off. Well, the ABC News has been outrating the the commercial news in the last couple of weeks. Is that because of Paralympic coverage? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's been no Paralympic coverage. Um, and... But apparently, is it Simon Pristel from the Herald Sun's come through and apparently he's given a touch of, um, I'd call it a touch of cloth, but a touch of gold to whatever station. He, he's news director at Channel 7 now or Channel 9, one of the two. Mm. Apparently they're going gangbusters since he came in. But it's In nice. the ratings or in, in actually covering news? In the ratings. Yeah, it's the t- TV news is is just a, a sad, sad shadow of its uh, its former self. And as as much as I would like to think that you know maybe community support and some great fiction writing would uh, would change it, I, d- I don't think it's going to. No. If you watch one. Brett Cropley, if you were going to watch one thing this week, what would it be? My one thing would be to uh, tune in specifically for this show because you don't want to get caught uh, watching uh, what's on before it. At 9.40 on ABC One on Wednesday night, Would I Lie to You, hosted by Rob Brydon. So what what, what day is that? What what day? Wednesday. Wednesday. And what... what ABC channel? One. Right. Nine. So before, before that... Before, before They just have nothing. Isn't it just a blank screen just before that? They got... They've got the. Having said that, David Mars in one of the teams uh, in Rambling this week. Joel's nodding his head. Do you like Rambling, Joel? Um, 
I like some of Randling. I don't. I don't. How, how much of it have you watched to know that you like some of it? I watched one episode. I know I like none of it. No. So, so to judge it on, it is one of those shows that grows on you, and you've got to. The, it's the teams, the makeup of the teams, and the and the um, you know the byplay between the teams, and some teams are better than others. David Myers' team's very good. Angus Sampson's team is very very good. I'm a, I'm a fan of him, but, yeah, but the like team kind of kind of weirds me out. With their, their stuck down so hair have, and have you been watching Randling every week? I've watched a few. No, no, no you definitely know a lot not about Randling. Oh, look, I've watched a few episodes. I like Angus Sampson. He's funny in it. I like Anthony Morgan because I just love Anthony Morgan. Yeah, he's, he's he's hilarious. And and Merrick's really good too. So, but other than that, <laughs> I don't want to. I don't like the show much. And and I I as far as I I know uh, they shot all of the episodes before any of it went to air yeah. so they can't actually make any changes to in in, re, in regard to feedback that they get. So what Joel says is is really interesting. it's one of the problems with uh, uh, with Randling as opposed to uh, Spicks and Specs. Whereas in Spicks and Specs people could get to know Miff and Alan mm. and and then barrack for one of their teams if if that's the way that they enjoyed it. With Randling you had to go through the entire first round before you could uh get to know all of the teams and know who you wanted to to support. Mm-hmm. And uh and that's that's an issue when you don't have uh, you don't have regular And also on. some of the games are no good. I mean the either or which is the one that opens the show is quite funny. Um, you know they've got very good topics there, but there's a hieroglyphics one which is a bit boring, and you know, so it, it does oscillate through the through the show itself. But it is really dependent on who who the teams are and the individuals that are playing. Brett, uh, so th- that's not your show though. Randling is no, not your. Would I would I would like, I like to you? With, uh, Rob I, I heartily commend to the listener. Uh, little man inside I, the box. Little man inside the box. I haven't seen him do that uh, on the show as yet. He but, will. But there have been there have been times where where I've been you know towards the verge of pissing myself laughing. It's, I, it's a rare thing okay. these days. I only know of Little Man Inside a Box from uh, from that, that the trip. Yeah, fr- fr- from the trip, which uh, I uh, so, so I only know it in reference. I can't get enough of it. Okay. I bought the app. You bought Little Man in a Box. Yeah, it was four ninety nine. That's oh, a lot. Wait, that's expensive. It was a lot of money for <laughs> for a Little Man in a Box. Yeah, Glenn, if you're going to watch one thing this week, what would it be? I'd fly to England. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And I and I on Sunday night in England, I'd watch it about ten o'clock at night. I'd watch the thick of it. New uh, series, new series, and. I tell you what, the first if the first episode is anything to go by. Now remember, public service servants don't get sacked, so it's okay. You get a new uh, government in, the public servants stay. Mm. So Glenn stays, um, and a couple of others stay, and Malcolm's in opposition. It's fucking funny. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I I would uh, I would get on the uh, on my iPad and watch the iView. Yeah, you don't need iPad. You can just if you've got a, a computer of any kind. Mm-hmm. If you work somewhere that has a computer, if you've got a local library, iView uh, and watch the first uh, episode of Rake, which I missed last week. The uh, first, first of the second of the series. Second series. Uh, I really enjoyed the uh, the first series. It, it it had its flaws, but uh, but it a couple was, of years in between. I, yeah, it has been has been a couple of years. Yeah. I enjoyed the first series. Yeah. What's that all about? I don't know. Joel, if you were going to watch one thing this week, what would it be? I'm also going to give a second series a go and mm-hmm. watch on a Thursday at 9.30, Lowdown. <gasps> Excellent. It's our friend, uh, it's our friend Adam Zouar. Yeah. That's a good one. Um, I, I In that sexy Oz, uh, ABC shows, I came up with Blowdown. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. That's good. That's good. Hey, um, when I cast my pod, it's with the box cutters in mind. Box cutters, pod, cast, done. Pork is on the table. We have a winner, Brett. Mm, yes, we, we do. The hardest quiz we've ever had on box cutters. This, this is the spot the Brett competition. Spot the Brett it, competition where... It, it, it was a bit of a, a, an equivocal answer that yeah, came you, in for it. You had, to, you, had to, you had to watch an episode of Dave's Shed Show. Uh, which is Dave Lawson's show that he records in his shed. It's a Tonight Show. It's very funny. Mm-hmm. Brett Cropley was in the audience. You had to pick Brett in the audience, in a shot of the audience. You had to pick Brett. 
Get a screenshot of that. And circle him. <laughs> circle him and send it in. This is awesome. And like we didn't even know if Brett actually appeared. In the, I did. Uh, I, I, yeah, you, it, yep. So uh, uh, congratulations to Darren Lutchner, who, uh, who, who took a screen cap, circled it, said, I've never seen Brett Crofty, but I reckon this is what he would look like. <laughs> and it was Brett. That's amazing that you did that. Hey, round two. Yes. <laughs> Get your DVD of the 2010 grand final, the one where Collingwood wins, <laughs> and find me in the crowd. <laughs> I'm on for three seconds. Really? Yeah. Um, it's okay. I've already done it, but another crumpler bag will go out, I'm sure. Do have another one. We do have another one available for that. For that, if someone does that, if so, if someone does that, and uh, you, you will get a crumpler bag. Yeah, I can't deny that. I can't deny someone a crumpler bag if they do that. So the second grand final in two thousand and ten. Yeah, the second one. That brings us to the end of Box Cutters episode three hundred and nineteen. I want to say thanks very much to Joel Rimbach, who uh, is is our guest donor and and has not only uh, donated money but also. Uh, time and intelligence to this show. Love your work, good sir. Thank you very much. Until next... Well, not next week. We're taking a little break. Jewish high holidays. Also my birthday. Take School some time. holidays. School holidays. Whatever. Taking some time off. Uh, so until next time, my name is Josh Canal. I'm Glenn Richard Peters. Uh, Joel Rimbach. I continue to be Brett Crumpley. Thanks for listening to Box Cutters Catches again next time. <laughs> Same bet. Time. Same bad channel. You, know, you can't even say, say bad time I, I so, think, so much because... If the, I change it, then, then I'm all lost. The show, the show has been going, you know, various days. It's kind of random now. It is. Random it bad is. time. We, we, we strive to get it so bad time. Hey, let's be careful out there. My name is Joel Rembach and I donated to the Box Cutters South by Southwest Fund. This episode of Box Cutters was produced by Josh Canal with Brett Cropley and Glenn Peters. Brett Cropley does wonders on the panel. Peter Wilson from Soup Giant needs more sleep, but he does make the servers do all great things. John Richards edits the show well. He really does. Boxcutters thanks Triple R, whose studios we use to record this show pretty much each and every week. If you enjoyed the show, tell three of your friends about the show and help them enjoy it. And if that's too hard, you can always go to boxcutters.net slash donate and actually give them money. I did and I hardly regret it at all. So, so we're, ta- we're taking a little break. Yeah. Uh, and in that time, like ordinarily in a break like this, Brett, I will You'll work out... you leave the country. No, some, sometimes I leave the country. Sometimes I do. Yeah. Uh, but ordinarily I'll try to work out uh, a, a TV series to, to watch. Mm-hmm. I actually don't think I have any time to watch an entire TV series this break. Really? I'm really, I'm really upset about it. I'm really upset about it. But I am going to get to have tea with a certain someone. Hi, this is Pete Smith. You've been listening to or have just missed Box Gutters.